I'm still writing a couple of my posts. So Kathy doesn't have to worry Let about being close to her microphone. Okay. Hello, everyone at home. Hello, now you're listening to us. 
we've been talking for a few minutes about our organizational, what we do with notes. First of all, we are very, both of us are very post-it note driven. Yes. Um, we probably look like the Zodiac killer I mean, to like our friends and loved ones <laughs> is what I'm sure. Like I, I have definitely gotten like ribbed by coworkers and supervisors for like my post-it obsession. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I made my, my fourth TMZ appearance this week and I'm surprised that nobody. Oh, has awesome. Yet, yeah. Thank you. I'm surprised that nobody has yet um, commented on the background of my shot. Always contains just like Zodiac style post-its and scrawlings on that mirror back there. But um, I would like to shout out one of my coworkers who I know listens to us, uh, but who also enables my need for like niche supplies. Okay. Because, like, if they're hearing this, I know that right now they're putting into the, like, staff shopping cart, like, creative post-its. Micro, do you have micro? Like, and po yes, yes, in fact, in fact, yes, I have the little flags, which I use for books. Mm -hmm. um, but more importantly, um, I had a set right now that I've been exhausting. So I don't know if you can really see um, but for our listeners who may not recognize that I am not at home right now, yeah. I am at my fiance's home right now. And here in the background, you can see that there are these little yellow flags affixed to oh, the yeah. cabinets. So those are all the little mini post-its. There are also post-its here, oh, right? Wow. You can see that one. Oh, wow. I've put them there. Yeah. I've put them there. Uh, for my fiance because they're trying to learn Spanish. Oh, this is perfect. I love this. this so, th so this is, um, these are Spanish vocabulary words that are also for me helpful because they label what's in your, what are in his cabinets. And so it, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> like my brain doesn't work so good in categorizing. So unless it's labeled, I don't really know. I'll just be like, oh, that's cool. Somebody put the cabinets there. I just want to say it that... would never occur to me to like look behind them to investigate unless they were labeled. I just want to say that works for both of us. If if you enjoy this podcast, you're also a dumb, dumb, and just like us. So um, don't feel yourself left out of, of, it, of that person at home. No, I mean, of course, I'm kind of saying it with love. Yes, exactly. it, it is clearly the book of the genius, yes. right? So, like, it's like the way Einstein couldn't wear pants or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's normal. Oh, my God. Oh, you my know, God. Okay. It's classic thing about geniuses. Gene. Um, yeah. yeah, nobody likes to wear them. That's right. Pants? Eh. Blacks? Forget about it. I Never. Found? I did find a micro post-it right here, which is, you can see what I, oh wait, is it? Oh, a pizza is a, bag. This, this is about pizza bags. This is about back when Little Caesars put their pizza in paper bags so you would tear open and have oh. a pizza inside. That's what I've been thinking of this week. No, actually, I have a bunch of uh, post-its. I'm going to do that thing that I do sometimes where I just go through all my ideas, and these are a little bit jumbled up, but it's fine. I think it'll make it even See, okay, so while, while you gather your post-its, I'm going to run down through mine really quickly because I only have two. Okay. One is detailed. The other three, or the other post-it is not. It's simply the top three things I've been thinking about since last you and I spoke. Okay. Um, first of all, you and I were just talking about, I believe, before we hit record, mm -hmm. 
about how you were reading more about how in the state of Florida, you have been reading more about the potential of shopping malls being turned into affordable housing. Yes. And that resonated with me, of course, because the topic are dear to me, but because earlier today, this week, I read a headline that was talking about the most people deceased in the United States because of natural disaster and topping the list, number one, most climate refugees on Florida. Yeah. Yep. And I think pretty soon you're also going to see a lot of people who are afraid of becoming in that position as well. Mm-hmm. Getting out as well. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by that story. Like as a, as, as one that we are being live out in our own respective ways, because I feel like, um, the concept of climate in climate, like or like in continent in border migration yeah. within our own country, right, is going to start to have some pretty very interesting effects. I think on, on things. Uh, for example, one of the things that I've noticed is that Arizona cities have become more liberal, very, very kind of akin to the way that Austin is the like incredibly liberal bastion of like Texas, right? Right. But that's because I think a lot of the in-migration has that, right? So I, I'm, I myself am very fascinated by this topic and that I'm also seeing more of here in Santa Fe, right? As more people coming here who can afford it, right. where the development is going up. And I say that because, you know, this is all in my brain as I think about the top three things that have been on my mind. One okay. are all of the city council meetings that I've been watching yes. since vacation. Which, yeah. Here in Santa Fe, they have been a wild ride, let me tell you. I'll talk about development. Um, the other thing is cooking shows. I've been watching Top Chef, nice. um, which I had never seen before, <laughs> really. I had never spent much time with Top Chef. Um, I, I felt like it was very ego-driven, and it is. And then um, my fiancé had never seen the Great British Baking Show, so we spent the time of the holidays and like good vibe land where like every baker loves one another. And so coincidentally, that also brings me to the fact that um, despite the fact that the package said it would take 30 minutes for the bread in the yeast to rise, of course, we're in Mexico. It has taken like two hours for the bread to double in size. Okay. Cause that's, that's just what happens when you live at high altitude, whatever you think is supposed to happen on a package, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. I used so, to have a book for baking at high altitudes and it explained like all the different charts and calculations and how you're supposed to change them and stuff. So Brian, yes. I, the third thing that I've been watching is I survived a serial killer. Really? And so those are the three those are the three things that I've been watching. However, yes. what I would like to start doing yes. is I have tremendous news. Yes, tremendous. Because you arrived just in time for the Kathy Bakes a King Cake show. Oh, okay? this is incredible. Oh, this is a show just for oh. me, viewers at home. This is our very first reality television show. Except it's just me. I'm, no, I'm this is true. It. It's so an what's going to happen? Yes. If you are going to, in a moment, you are going to start regaling me with all of the things I posted notes okay. and I will be replying. Perfect. But at the same time, yes. I, mm-hmm. here, let me tell you what I will make to the viewers at home. Yes. However, Brian, you can see. Yes. 
my dough after two hours, not three minutes, as the package said, has finally risen to twice its size. As you can see, here it is. So what I will be doing is I will be right here lightly flowering the surface. Okay. Here's as far as I can go anyway, so I'll oh, be on wow. this surface right here. I can't believe it. I'm going to lightly flower surface. This is incredible. And I'm going to roll out this dough into a rectangle, at which point I will then create this praline sugar uh, walnut mixture, which will get laid onto as a layer upon the doughy rectangle. And I will roll it up like a like a like a like a thing. I have to follow the instructions. I've never made one of these before. I, I I'm actually I don't even think I've ever had one the way wow. they're made in New Orleans, which is what I'm making. It's a like New Orleans king cake. I'm used to like Rosca de Reyes, which is like its own thing, and this is its own thing, and they're similar, wow. but they're not the same. They're not the same, you know. So totally new to me, but I'm having fun. <laughs> Um, and so then I'm gonna roll it up, and I have to shape it into like a like a like an oval ring, uh -huh. and then I'm gonna put it on this on this fucking cookie sheet, my friends. And then I'm gonna bake it. That's probably gonna take me like 15, 20 minutes to okay. do, yeah. and then I will be able to once again rejoin you the full focus of my faculties but brian i assure you this is like if you and i were just having a nice afternoon in my kitchen shooting it like hey and in a moment you get to see and then and then we're gonna wait for it to cool probably by more or less the time that you and i are done chatting um it will be cool and then we'll decorate the cake with a glaze and no shit. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay, so. Viewers at home, if you're wondering what my facial expression is like, I'm having like an yeah, no, You need to screenshot this here in just a moment because check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready with your screenshot finger? Here you go. The first thing, after so I have to make a sugary glaze and then it will get decorated, of course, with green, purple, and yellow confetti sparkling sugar oh delights. But more importantly, uh -huh. the package came. With the tiny baby? The, the tiny baby. <laughs> oh, the tiny baby. I have to, you know, hide somewhere in there. What sucks is that, of course, oh the baker God. knows exactly where the tiny baby is. Yeah. So I have to, like, maybe hopefully get high enough that I forget where I put it <laughs> to that list. So it can be a surprise to everyone involved. <laughs> to everyone. I'd be like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> It'll be you. Oh, no, this is how I go out. <laughs> I surprised myself again. Yeah, so they also caution on the box that you shouldn't bake it into the cake, which I guess, <laughs> you know, let's be sensible adults, you know. Yeah, you know. They say you should simply plate under <laughs> the cake at whatever location and then afterwards as you're like picking up your peak and be like oh look the baby right or maybe you slice into the baby i don't know it's fucked up anyway this is incredible so, wow I... yeah no whole little kit i'm amazed i'm stunned and so um but king cake is made with yeast and so you have this like kind of pre-made cake dough batter like you would like a uh, fucking duncan Hines or whatever the fuck they're called and uh 
except it's this yeah. king kick. Oh no, I'm endorsing it totally, yeah. heartily. Except again, except according to the package, if you're in humid coastal cities, oh. it'll take 30 minutes to rise. But if you are at 7,000 feet with 10% humidity, it'll take two hours. So simply beware. Your mileage may vary, but everything is going great so far. I, I fucking, I'm ready to go. I've, I have all of my baking set up here. I have the flowers, the pans ready. I am a fucking chai latte. I am set, set. Yeah. This is amazing. This is incredible. Everyone so at home. Brian, tell me. <laughs> How have you been? Well, Kathy, I've been doing uh, quite all right. I've been taking in a lot of uh, interesting uh, uh, media, and I've been um, a witness to a sporting event. And uh, <gasps> of note, Which one? The one, the, the one of note this week that... <gasps> that everyone oh, right. seems yeah. to be talking about. Mm-hmm. That was that was quite a, a thing to witness. And um, uh, so you were watching the game at the time. When yes, it I was happening to. I am. I am a football fan. I would say at this point. So I was just casually watching Monday Night Football when that all occurred. So I was. I was just bearing witness as it was as it was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm glad that I was witness to that, so that I could have full context for everything that was talked about after it made um because it's not something i would ever go to look up after the fact so uh, you know i was there interesting it's opened up a lot of conversations that i don't think are going to close up anytime soon and um definitely not until uh he's feeling better and can talk for himself so interesting discussion though we will we will talk about that at some point i want to keep thinking about it um so as I stated earlier, let's see, I was on TMZ for the fourth time. Uh, that was kind of fun. I got to go on and talk about, um, God, I, see, I don't even remember what I talked about now. It was, uh, shoot, a celeb thing. When like, was it? Clearly. Uh, it was on Wednesday. See, uh, but this shit moves so quickly. Was it about like... Uh, the princes was it about yeah. uh harry and winston or whatever like the other yeah harry and winston you know it's uh, speaking of i i watched a lot of media and i did watch the harry and megan six-part series so i do have a little <gasps> bit i only of watched on a winston. few of them i do have a little bit of insight on winston and his family um let me go ahead oh the, the whole cooking show is still happening back there i love this yeah no so right now i've laid out the dough into a rectangle that is approximately five inches by 30. Five inches by 30. Okay. Yeah, I think I've gotten that. I, I just have to like cut it. I think I'm going to just cut it because I made like, like what I actually did was not five by 30 so much as 10 by 15. Okay. <laughs> five by thirty. Okay, that makes sense. But how about this? Mm-hmm. Here is this video. Oh, it's right. Excuse me. I got to talk about the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. <gasps> what's 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 the haps? So Joe Exotic. Here, I'll just see if I can get close to the microphone. 
So I will pause it real quick. Basically, Joe Exotic has very recently um, uh, almost closed out his divorce to Dylan Passage. Dylan Passage was the person he was married to at the end of the documentary. However, if it seemed like Dylan Passage, especially in the part two thing of the documentary, was uh, seemed like a fame seeker, it kind of played out as you would have expected if you thought that. Um, and Joe picked up on that. Not to mention, Joe also was able to make a, uh, a new romantic acquaintance inside the, the big house. Um, and uh, he has since actually cut that off. Um, but... Uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, and he's uh, just seeking love in all the uh, new places that he can. Okay, and it's a show now, or he's this is just an update of his life. This is basically so they're just saying um, they're just saying that this is he's trying to seek divorce to close this all out and, and move on, and, and basically they had me on to comment on the story. Which, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Uh, okay. Let me, let me just play okay. this out. Like, oh my bit. God, is there a new show about this shit? I have theories about what TMZ is trying to do right now um, as a strategic move for their organization and stuff. And I will keep them. Well, I'll, I'll t- say them to you, but maybe not on the program. They're making moves, I think. Mm. I don't know what that means for anyone, but they are. I think. Fascinating. Fascinating. I love to make moves. <laughs> They're expanding their organization. I was jet skiing and coming into the harbor, and I see this boat in front of me. And they're going to fill the vacuum that Andrew Tate just left. Can you wait? Can you hear the um, can you hear the audio being fed from my phone? No, oh, interesting. I can hear it in my headset. Everyone at home. Uh, uh, Jillian would like you to know that she won her first game playing Fortnite today. And if you can't hear the audio, and if, if you can't hear the audio at home, I apologize. Let me see. Here's what I said on TMZ. I'm gonna pull the plug here, and it's gonna record. We're gonna see if it plays, and everyone can hear it. That was the answer. Here's what I said. Wow, it's an amazing thing that today, in uh, today's world, that we can have a character in American culture, like Joe Exotic, who is simultaneously uh, reviled and beloved for even his numerous crimes. We all want to know what's happening in his romantic life. Essentially, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I neither praised nor condemned him. I just said commented on we are as spectators. <clears throat> yes. Anyway, that's what I try to do every time I go on the program because it seems more valid than actually having an opinion about uh, celebs. So. <laughs> I don't know. How about this? Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Is it um, not the case that pretty much every time that people are paid to have their opinions on some kind of television show that um, they're kind of just doing that? They're like, not what do you mean? They're just they're not actually having an opinion. They're just going out there to say like, oh, I don't know this, you know, this and that. Like they're basically already just uh, dodging the question in an artful way every single time. Is that not like the talking head news thing? 
I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, certainly, I think there's a lot of like innuendo, like saying saying things kind of quietly or veiled, you know. Um, but I don't feel like I don't know. Um, I feel like if anything, like on TME, it's for example, it's like more to like drive a conversation. Right to like yeah. get, uh, dare I say, interactions, right? Because, like, what's content without interaction, you know? So, right, it, you know, it's why there's it's like we're all laughing at these fucking like quote tweet traps of like, hey, everybody, share the name of your childhood pet, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> or right. whatever, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's pretty funny, but like, but right, like, but good is one of those stupid little things. If nobody retweets it and nobody engages with it, right? What good is, uh, like us, like what good is TMZ doing it if we're not like, oh my God, TMZ got the exclusive. Have you seen the video? It's true. And even if we don't have an opinion on it, right, we're driving views to it. We're like, whoa, go check it out. Yeah. And it, it's just kind of even like, it's kind of like how, um, what was it? Funnier die. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the funnier die model of like, um, you know, like things would like float to the top because there was like a good funny video and it didn't matter. That's like made by one of the professionals on there that it was like, just some dipshit made like a funny video or something and up down votes like that yeah i, re I remember will ferrell owned that website or owns or whatever uh and i think um, maybe i don't is that, like maybe it's still point. around yeah, it might still mm -hmm. be. they used to make exclusive videos i remember a whole bunch of um okay yeah. i would just like to take a moment to say that right now i have finished dividing it into these little chunks um what i did was i took um butter and the praline crumble mixture uh -huh. um, but again because we're at a high elevation i decided also mix it with some more cream because i think there should probably be a little bit more moisture in the cake somehow because again we're, we're say up here that was just an instinct so we'll see how, what happens but yes. anyway it looks like a, br a wet brown sugar mix that i've like layered onto it now what i have to do is like roll it over jelly roll style so that's that's my next step i just wanted to say that no that, that, sounds, that sounds uh you know i've never made a cake that involved that kind of like rolling process but first, I'm going to taste this praline butter mixture because I haven't, you know, now that I'm mixing it, I can eat the spoon before it goes into the sink. Food safety is number one. Food safety, you know. but however, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. However, yeah. No rog, and so this is fine. You know, you're good. Here's, mm. a, here's a note that I have. Um... I have a get Kathy to read my old something awful posts. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh, do link me one screen cap. Okay, hold on, I'll think about it. I'll I'll find one. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, uh, this is a an idea for a bit that I had. Now that I read it, 
I, I wanted to make it sound like the episode is breaking down because we, <laughs> we lost the script because we don't really improv it and got the edit wrong. So we would, mm. uh, in other words, like the take <laughs> fell apart and then we pick it up and reread what we were saying as if it was, uh, we were redoing the line and then we mm. leave both takes in there. You know, I thought that would be funny. Oh no, here's, here's a better one. Yeah. We take a clip of the show and then you read my part and I read your yeah. part. <laughs> we could do that with like the first episode or something. That would be kind of funny. Or one of the episodes. I love that this is turning into like our version of an improv class too. <laughs> it is, which I love. It's, it's, it's true. I love this. This is great. This is <laughs> we're, we're basically, we could do like the rehearsal for ourselves essentially. No, right. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making this kink for myself, but yeah. really I'm making it for all of us. Right. Exactly. So truly. Isn't, isn't that how any of us would feel if any of us were ever on a Will Ferrell move, like, movie? Like I'd be like, holy shit, you did it. And the, and the, the tiny baby would be in my slice. I think that's how this works. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and I choke on it. But then Will Ferrell saves me in a comedic way, and then it's okay that he's my stepdad. Exactly. That's how it works, I think. And then, and then, like one of the like regular cast of characters just shows genitals for no reason, <laughs> or some reason. What? There will be All a good reason, true. some invented, contrived reason. There will be no reason. It's true. All those R-rated Will Ferrell comedies <laughs> for a while did show like dick and balls. <clears throat> Very, mm -hmm. very, like un like, unapologetically <laughs> they're just like hey here they are and it's like oh great it's it's like cool thanks it was like it was like maybe maybe they're like william william ck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> william, that's his name no no no, that's his name that's how history has to remember him now william ck <laughs> whenever someone googles him they'll be like wow it's weird that nothing came up william ck strange <laughs> Michael C.K. That's his name. <laughs> Louis C.K. Yeah, I totally forgot his name. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, William C.K. Yeah, sorry, William C.K. If you're out there, you, I'm sure they'll just find out you're like an engineer or something. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Um, oh my God, I'm doing such a good job at rolling. How, how, <laughs> Not oh, that yeah. that should be surprising to anyone who knows that I can. Oh, this is easy. Oh, duh. Let's see. Kind of fat in the middle. I need to remedy that. Do you know what's actually kind of fun? The fact that we could, uh, I could just read a post-it of an idea of us doing a comedy bit, and it's funnier than us actually <laughs> doing there. the comedy bits. <laughs> I think that means we've earned, uh, we've earned something. Um, it means comedians, comedians. Exactly. That's what it means. Yeah, and it means we're geniuses. It does. It means imagine this idea. Okay, next. Um, it means uh, I don't need any to recognize my art for me to feel gratitude in it. That's, truly. That's the whole point, there, you know. There you go. Um, how about this? Are the children who are, well, no, I'm going to save this one. I'm going to save this one. We'll come back because it's a funnier thing. How about this? I was uh, watching the William, or no, what was it called? Harry, Harry and Meghan, the Harry and Meghan documentary. And uh, I noticed that actually in one of the very first stories that we ever did on this program which i kind of forgot about or no it was the other anyway i read it on a podcast about the sandringham estate and like what the british family does when they go to the uh you know christmas time estate and they do their whole thing and 
I noticed in this documentary they showed like time lapse of like over the years they make this very same exact entrance into the estate and I was thinking about putting them all kind of like next to each other making like a supercut and then I imagine <laughs> then I imagine it probably already existed um <clears throat> but I just wanted to do something with that video because it, it was really uh, striking especially because how many people looked upset in some of them um anyway I'm just thinking about working on something video related I haven't done that in a while um Let's see. Oh, I watched, uh, we have watched, Im we have both now watched uh, Impeachment, the... Ah, uh, uh, the Monica Lewinsky. Yes, that was super fascinating. And I did love, uh, my favorite weird character insert was uh, Matt Drudge. I found that whole character arc line and the, the journalism side story talking about like the, uh, who is that? The... Um, Ann Coulter, yeah, yes, the other the Anne, lady. And yes, the Ann Coulter origin story was quite something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, played by the lady from uh, Avengers and all that stuff. Wild. It was a really great um, series thingy. Yeah, they did a really good job characterizing all the people, making it entertaining. I'm, well, I'm sure, you know. Uh, it was really, really well done. I think that also Monica Lewinsky's heavy, like, personal involvement with the production and, you know, getting... There was a lot of details you could say, like, well, clearly they only got that because they talked to, you know, her as she was experiencing mm -hmm. um, her, her, like, staring at, a like, a dying fly as she's, like, giving, like, the last bit of her testimony. I found thought was, like, quite an interesting insert that really helped sell, like, authenticity with her, mm -hmm. her being there. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about maybe reading her book from the time. Well, I assume she's written more. Than, I assume she's written more than one book since then. But I, uh, you know, um, the book that she wrote around that time must be super interesting, especially considering oh. how they characterized it in the, um, I don't know the however you want to call it dramatization. Sounds very interesting. Um, okay, I have shaped my dough. Okay. Mm, yes. So here, here I have come to show you my shaped dough. Mm -hmm. There it is. Oh. Oh yeah. Look at that! Wow. For everyone at home, this is a perfectly normally shaped uh, king cake. If you've seen one before, you've seen this one. That's a king cake. The yeah. Size so it says. Yeah, it says to now ignore it. Or let me see. It says. Place dough on lightly floured surface. Flour rolling pin. I didn't do that exactly. I, I didn't have a rolling pin. Roll dough into five inch by 30. Okay, we've been over this. Okay, da da da. Place on large cookie sheet, shape into oval. Let rise in a warm place approximately 30 minutes or until dough has doubled in size. So I think I could go ahead and assume again, as I am here in Santa Fe, mm -hmm. that this is going to take a lot longer than 30 minutes. So it has to bolt in size. So we'll see how long it takes. I'm going to leave it, I guess, warm place. The proofing drawer. Ooh. I know. I hope there's an in it. Do we even have one? I can just shove it in the oven. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not on. Yeah, It'll like just be in oven. there. That would, that would do yeah. it. No draft. We can just we could just live in there. 
Just hang out. Okay. <sighs> now I just have to sit around and wait. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, in that sense. <laughs> A delicious king cake shall emerge. And then you get to do the No, it's true. Part. Oh, yeah. But, like, waiting's the hardest part, as they say in that famous song. Okay. Here I come. Into sitting mode. Oh, no. The PlayStation. Okay. Uh. Oh, wow. No, that looks... That's a little better. Hold on. Let me get the lighting right. Not that it matters. No, matters to me, anyway. Matters, yeah, and it matters to me that it matters to you. So, let's see. Oh, I have written down on this note, transcript, um, which I thought it'd be funny if we read a court transcript. Of Oh, uh, that would be fun. Something preposterous, yeah. I also have written down here, this is a, a note that the, the dog got to. It says, a Japanese <gasps> reality television. Whoa. That we should not forget about uh, investigating that. Um, I have here written also, look at this. I have uh, recreate, uh, re oh, like this is written down from before. We just had this discussion. Reenact an episode such as episode five <laughs> is the one I have written down. Uh, I have a self-evaluation episode written down where we listen to an episode and then discuss whether it's good or bad. <laughs> um, this is where it went completely off the rails. I have an intro song. I have an intro song picked out. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Can't even, can't even read that one. Uh, let's see this one. Finding a take. Oh, well, I did that already. Uh, so I was thinking of... Um, I watched Glass Onion. Have you seen Knives Out? Mm. Or Glass Onion? Funny you should ask. So right after... Let me see. It was like December 20th or so. It was like my last like work thing. Okay. I had the flu the following week for like a week. Mm. Recently, I just was like sleeping a lot. Um, and so Tyler was watching it, but I kept falling asleep in the middle of them watching the entire thing. Right. But it's, it's kind of long. Cause it's like, it was like, it's like all of it. They were watching the glass onion and knives out things. I guess one follows the other. I don't know, right? Okay. All I know is that I watched all of it, but there's like 30 minute gaps missing here and there because I'd like, like zonk out, and then I'd be like, oh wait, so what happened? Oh, okay, got it. And then I. Like... The funny thing is, Daniel Craig's character does, I think, a pretty good job of like recapping the story at various points for like anyone who's like needs to catch up. And so, I don't know. At several points, you could have just been up to date with the, <laughs> the goings on and. Benoit Blanc. I, I found him to be a very endearing character. I love the part where they showed, in my mind, I think the the male character that was played by Hugh Grant that he was living with, perhaps, I couldn't tell if it was just like a roommate situation or what, but uh, it really did seem like the character that Hugh Grant played in The Gentleman, which I know if you haven't seen it, hmm. highly recommend mm -mm. Char Charlie Hunnam. It's kind of like a, 
it reminds me a lot of like um i don't know like snatch or something like that it is actually by that director too it's that guy <laughs> anyway very funny uh it's a good action comedy um and hugh grant plays a basically a benoit blanc kind of like ultra detective ultra private detective and like uh solves these crimes gets in these uh things and if you it hadn't been suggested in my head before but seeing those two people essentially like imagine that he probably lives with like some other great detective or whatever it makes sense he even is costumed as if he was that guy that character never even has a name so it's <laughs> left open i don't know but it looks it, to me the idea that those were related was funny and there were other celebrity cameras. I think the there. other thing I took away from the what the from the shows, mm-hmm. oh, my Zoom is spazzing out. Ah. At least it is on my end. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's a little flicking. Oh, okay, I think it's normal again. It's okay, good. yeah, weird. Okay, weird. I looked like Max Hedrum for a moment, yeah. viewers <laughs> at like home. A a, yeah. It was really weird. Um uh oh yeah the other thing i feel like i took away from it is that like everyone was being fun doing the show like there was that um the the one with jennifer coolidge yes well which which one was that one i haven't seen that one yet but uh okay we were watching that one too yes that one we were watching that one as well they've been watching all of them whatever again i guess there's an order or something i don't I didn't really follow along that closely. I just was like, oh, look, they're cool. That looks like a fun outfit. Let me drink some more tea and fall asleep for 20 minutes. <laughs> kind of delirious, you know? Like, I have, like, a... No, so that's, like, literally, like, there was a moment when I was, like, I felt really feverish, and my, like, I was, like, in the worst of it, and my fever was, on, I say only, clocked at 100 and then at sometime later, I clocked my fever at 102, but I felt totally fine. I felt like nothing was wrong with me. But I but I'm like obsessive about measurement. Like oh. I like I like graph. So like imagine a post-it note with an X and Y axis, okay? Time and yeah. temperature or through okay. So imagine that and I'm making it when I'm sick. So it kept like taking my temperature like every so often and I'd like mark it. When was it? And so there was that one moment when I'm like, I took my temperature and it registered 102. I use this little beepy digital thermometer. And I was like, this is really weird. I'm like, because I feel totally fine. Like I was like up, I was walking around. Like I was like, I didn't feel a problem at all. And then, yeah, it was really weird. So I, I don't know what it is about. Since now they don't make any more sense. But uh, you're alive and you're here. So um, fever, you're fine now. No need to figure yeah, out what it was either. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be, could be anything. Could right? be, like, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> maybe the government's experimenting on me. You know, who knows? Ever. <laughs> what difference does it make at this? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. What is, I'm what looking is forward to the Boston Dynamic robot dogs installing a Neuralink mm-hmm. into my. And walking me, right? Yeah. Taking me for a walk. <laughs> like doing puppy play. We're all going to be fulfilling <laughs> Elon's puppy play. 
I really dark really quickly. I'm no, sorry, I, no, dude. I love that. No, I'm I'm only smiling because I I know that's what's. Yeah, no, happening. I'm I'm not really apologizing for yeah. them. That's why they're here. <laughs> okay, so I have that one. Now let's see data. I wonder how our mayor feels of driving a Tesla now. Our mayor's driving a Tesla now. Our mayor, my mayor, the mayor of Santa Fe, has been a Tesla driver He's my, I voted for, for him some too. time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> our, our, the mayor. mayor, the only mayor, the national mayor. <laughs> I take him as a stand-in for like every mayor. In fact, every mayor USA. In he fact. does have kind of the appearance of the er mayor in some ways. He is kind of just like yeah, if you no, took all like, mayors and put them together, he'd be in the middle. Of, of like... Okay, we could we could we could have like one of those like really bizarre freaking Morty devices that was like, okay, we'll swap out your mayor with any <laughs> random mayor from around the world. Can you tell? And it would be the exact same. It would like sure France, like Mongolia, like it wouldn't matter. Mayors everywhere, they're all gonna be about the same thing. <laughs> they go to how, a mayor's like, convention. How regular trash about... pickup is. Yeah, they get together at mayor's conventions and just complain about constituents. They just, but in like very you know mayoral ways, they're like, oh, I, the chairs are extremely inconvenient. Yeah, there's like constituent archetypes, yeah. and they're probably like, you know, we can switch your constituent with yeah, my constituent. Exactly. We can figure out a sister city program that'll get rid of all these guys, <laughs> all the the library <laughs> lovers that they want to get rid of, whatever they're calling us. The tropes they see in us. Strategic sister city partnering so that you can do like a foreign exchange and like each person's most annoying <laughs> resident is going to be like in hog Solving each other's problems, yeah. Someone, someone somewhere is sending us all of the crystal enthusiasts, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll give you all the, the bus riders or like the bus enthusiasts. The, bu the, <laughs> the people who are so enthusiastic about buses, they're like kidnapping the bus, taking it on a ride or something. <laughs> no, all the, pick all the pickle ballers and eventually there's going to be like eight... <laughs> Like a pickle town USA or something that has the pickleball mayor. That'll be my yeah. when I run for president, I'll be known as the pickleball mayor, and everyone will be like, Oh, that guy, he's clearly someone I want to have a beer with. You mean Pooh Buttigieg? Exactly. I'm glad you picked up on that. The pickleball mayor, that'll be me. Oh, fuck. everyone will overlook all my gross decision making except for. Uh, because of the pickleball decision making that'll mm -hmm. overlook everything else. Yeah, no, I mean that's like a that's like a, like a like if we were to like do like a demographic slice of like the census data, like <laughs> pickleball enthusiasts are climbing. They, you know, and they span the spectrum. I imagine they span. Everyone loves pickleball. It says the website. <laughs> I, I always think of bullet ball when I think of pickleball. The the sport you play with marbles on a table. That it's a sport that everyone can play, as the song says. Bullet ball, bullet wow. ball. Wow. Yeah, there's a song and everything. But nobody has given up more than Mark Griffin. I quit my job and sold all my possessions that I could sell and found myself in food pantries and uh, sleeping in a car. It's not about the money. It's about my game is going to be an Olympic sport. It's just that good. 
And how are y'all doing today? How you doing? Good. How are right. you today? I'm excited. This is my dream come true. Uh, my name is Mark Griffin, and I'm the inventor of Bullet Ball and Bullet Ball Extreme. Bullet Ball is a high-caliber table game designed for the 21st century lifestyle. Just like other sports with international appeal, such as basketball, soccer, and ping pong, it is our vision that one day bullet ball will become an Olympic sport. Please explain how the game works. Do you want somebody else to play against you? Absolutely. I'll play. I love games. So. Okay, the object of the game is to get the ball past your opponent. Okay. By utilizing your forearms and or hands. Okay. Okay. My point. Okay. My point. My point. Okay, I get it. That's bullet ball. Uh, how much have you invested in this? I had this vision 26 years ago. What happened that when you got this vision? What were you doing? My ex-wife and I, we were sitting there drinking wine, having conversation, rolling the cat's ball back and forth across the table. The ball became faster and faster. And we said, well, wait a minute. If we're going to play this game, we need some rules. Mark, 26 years is a really long time. Yes, it is. Tell me what you have put into this game over those years. Where are you now? <laughs> I quit my job. I decided that, you know, 80% of inventors take their invention to the grave with them. And I decided that that was not going to happen to me. I've sold all my stuff, traded my Saab in for a, a 92 Volvo station wagon with 300,000 miles, sold my wife's wedding ring, loaded everything up into what I could get in that station wagon and drove to Chicago. If you sold everything, what do you have now? <laughs> I have bullet ball. Um, I don't even have a home to go back to. We're staying in my car. Mark, what would happen if, though, if, if we say no? All my life, I felt like I needed to do something, take the risk, and do something for myself. This idea is mine. This is my dream come true. It will happen. It was destined to be, and we're going to make it happen Mark, one way or the other. And that I guarantee, yes. My personal thing from me to you is you can lose everything, but whatever you do, please don't lose your mind because you're not going to make it with this. Oh, absolutely. I totally disagree. It's not going to happen. It it's will not happen. happen. This is, it won't happen. It, I'm, I'm telling you, it will happen. Go, go get your life back. Go get a job. I have my invention. And I'm telling you, Bullet Ball is going to be a success. I think it's, it's a dream. And it's I hope a, it comes to reality, but I don't think game. it will. I'm going to say no. I'm a game inventor. I've invented games, I've sold games, I, I mean I'm seriously looking at the gameplay here and it's, it's, it's nice, I played it, I'm sorry I have to say no. I'm afraid that you're reliving a great moment in your life 
and you're trying to relive it. And, and I hope it doesn't destroy you. I'm really worried about that, but I'm gonna have to say no, I'm sorry. Mark, please, you, you, you told, think about this. You told us that you've given 26 years of your life to this game. I think that's more of a life than a man can give to a dream. Please get your life back. I have to say no. No from all four? This is, you don't understand. years from now, I'll be smiling up in heaven saying, I knew one day it would happen. My game, this is my table. Bring it on. I'm going to beat you down. Hang on a competition. Let's go. chronology because I didn't know how they should be referred to since there's like seven of them um Ooh, ooh. <laughs> maybe I should does Google still say words for you <laughs> well Google when, when you used to Google a word like in the dictionary it had a little button next to the word and oh, it would yeah. say it 
out loud for you. I don't know if it's still just that. Have I said chronology wrong? No, I was talking about oh. Uvi. Oh, yeah, I don't know how. I actually have no idea how to say that correctly. I couldn't tell Uvra. you. Uvra. Let me see. Oh, yeah, here it is. Hold on. Uvra. Uvra. The, oh, this is weird. The Tyler Perry Uvra. Yeah, this is okay. You should, you should, you should Google Uvra for listeners, and then, then play the Google voice, the Google okay, voice of it. O e u v r e, because it took me a minute actually. Uh, <laughs> and I like took uh, for. This is the uh, duck duck joke <gasps> pronunciation. Mine's different. Uh, I have a lady. Uh, I have a lady, and mine sounds. Oh my god. I'm gonna go to google.com and type in. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let me... um, let's say it again. Yeah. That's what I hear. Let's go to Wiktionary. Let's click on it here. All three of these sound different to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's how I spend my time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, listeners. And by the way, that is the word open in French. I guess. Mm. Back. Um, let's see. Oh, Waffle yeah. images. Hey, do you remember how um, Something Awful had a, mm -hmm. a site-specific imaging host website called Waffle Images? And then it went yes. down, and then like half the website's history went with it, because who knows what those images were now. That's right. Did you know that when they went down on some of the other websites where files that goons used to share were hosted or, you know, uploaded for torrents or whatever, that there was an archive that went around that was shared between people, which obviously is not an illegal thing because it's just a backup of an image website, um, that a backup went around. It was two different torrents. It was like A to something and then whatever to nine or whatever. And it, it was in two halves. They were not of equal amounts, but you could get a backup of everything. And I was thinking that, not many people probably got that because if I remember correctly, it was almost an entire ter hmm. terabyte. And back then that would be like oh, insane to download. Shitloads. Yeah. Uh -huh. But now it's doable. And I'm just wondering if anyone has it out there and get a hold of it because I would love to go through some of those images that were uploaded to threads that today we just have no idea um, what they even were. And I'd love to just take a peek. I think it's so. I, I think I'm okay with losing shit. And I don't, I don't mean waffle images specifically. Oh, I'm okay. Right? I mean, yeah. Kind of any of it, it's right? Of a curiosity, like, I guess, ultimately. No, it's all true. I, I mean, I feel like it would be like Osama's hard drive. Like it would be fun. Oh, yeah. How much blood do you have? In to your kind hands? of view them, yeah. Well, like view them, kind of contextualless. Oh, yeah. As a series, even, yeah. right? Like, just not trying to be like cross reference this with that. I just want to be like, huh? Like, what the hell thread? Let me just go <laughs> through waffle. Let me just go through waffle image one, two, three. You know, yeah. I don't know. They're, they might, I don't know what they had. I'm going to guess image ID, MIDI organizer or uh, IDs or something. Yeah, I, I imagine they've had, yeah, some kind of, uh, code that would separated them but yeah i would love to see those one day perhaps I'm not i'm not too much on any of those sites where they, that data would live so i can't find out for sure 
Someone is. Someone is, though. A listener is. Let's ask. There is a documentary called Don't Pick Up the Phone, which I just watched on Netflix. And it is about a serial phone, well, star is a prank. Essentially, it's a, a person or perhaps even copycats who call up McDonald's, fast food restaurants, convenience stores, whatever, around the country, and was able to use words alone to convince people to, like, sexually and otherwise abuse, like, employees of the store. They would call and ask for a manager and would get someone, ask for someone vulnerable enough to be abused by this person on the phone. And this didn't just happen, like, a dozen times. This happened hundreds of times. And 73 of those times were eventually pinned to, like, one person, although it's possible that way more times occurred and went unreported and also that other people, once it was reported in the news, started trying to do it as well and probably were successful. But the human psychology element of being able to call and socially engineer someone into doing those things is like completely nuts. And also then the people on the other side of the line who are ultimately held more responsible than the original caller because they're performing the acts is it's really crazy. Oh, wow. I can see myself uh-huh. on the video feed there. So I'm anyway, looking. Fascinating document. I, I, I Googled it quick. You said it was out. Don't pick up the phone. In. Don't pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, It it turns out that before um, this all happened in like the from the mid 90s to like the mid 2000s. And once they apprehended this one guy, it pretty much stopped in 2004, I think. Um, Oh, this is this is um, you should look up the line order SVU episode with mm -hmm. Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Olivia Benson is in the news because Olivia Benson is also the name of Tay-Tay's cat. <laughs> so let me just thank you. go ahead and make that connection there right now. <laughs> so Taylor Swift named her cat after plucky SVU detective Olivia Benson, who is now like captain or lieutenant. I don't know what order yeah. that those She's cops. So. Yeah, um, but I love SVU, fuck mm. cops, but you know, but great show. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I, I have to say it, you know, like because, because I have to like absolve my sin. But and you, then, you can't, you can't deny the lore of a great detective story, and that's. I mean, again, I've been watching. I survived a serial killer, so let me tell you what joy I've been having doing that. You know, so. What else can I say about that, you know? Um, I tried watching Death in the Dorms, which is on Hulu, and I just couldn't really... Uh, I don't know. I caught the, didn't enjoy it. I did catch the one that you recommended to me, the uh, God... Uh, it's the one about the um, Liberty University oh, the, freaks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty wild um that's a nice if you want to check it out on hulu uh i don't know it's about the falwell family it's uh like 120 minutes something like that great little film um kind of encapsulates if you heard anything about the rumors of a pool boy ruining the life of jerry falwell jr and his 
fam. Then it just recaps that whole story. Pretty crazy. Um, really. I just want to also say here that like I was in law school and taking constitutional law mm. and learning about the first about like the uh, First Amendment, free speech doctrine, and all that shit. Mm. Um, I I had to do a presentation on um, uh, Falwell v. Flint. And, or because uh, you know uh, yeah. Larry uh, uh, Larry <laughs> I almost called him Larry David Larry. <laughs> I could see them getting along I am knocking it out of park with everyone's names today <laughs> Larry, Larry, Larry Falwell Larry Falwell was walking <laughs> Larry, his... Larry from Gary Falwell Larry and Gary, Flint and Falwell, there they are. <laughs> so those guys, <laughs> Jesus. I had another one lined up, but it would have only confused you more. I was going to make a joke tying it into Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross to make it even more confusing. <laughs> that, that would have been perfect. Okay. It would have been perfect. Okay. Then, then we could have just kept the, like, who's on, <laughs> who's on okay. first thing <laughs> always lean in i honestly I, I the only reason i resisted is i feel like i might laugh too hard and I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, okay. can't it's impossible not possible yeah, impossible no no such thing no such thing <clears throat> anyway i yeah. just i i love i love i, I love larry Flint. <laughs> yeah he's a great guy he's defended our first amendment rights and he's also um uh you know well, actually, I don't know anything about his personal life other than his uh, disability, I suppose. But hmm. uh, have you? Is there a thing well, about well, him? You... Oh, I mean, of, right. of course, there. Actually, that let movie. me see if I can find it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the People versus Larry Flint, where uh, Courtney Love is in it. Um, I need to see that. He is he is played by Woody Harrelson. Perfect. Uh, uh, Larry Flint himself is in it at some point. Um, oh, he plays the judge. That's right. He plays the judge. It's really cute. Um, Perfect. Let me see if I can find my presentation to you. Because <laughs> his company didn't did uh, did that not play a role in the um, impeachment story? Uh, wasn't that or is that not Hustler? Is that Penthouse? Is that him? The um, hmm. Paula. Who's impeachment? Paula jones pose oh i don't know about that penthouse i don't know if that's his company oh, i'm not sure mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure about that one okay interesting well i have this here yeah so i'll view that film i'll have some feedback on it i'm sure uh let's see and here's our ideas that we gave a thumbs up to okay our self-evaluation episode that ends us um reenacting an old episode that will happen Okay, I was sorted through all our ideas. Oh man, city council. Yeah, so so how's um do you have anything you'd like to publicly say at all? Oh it? my god. Do, do, do you desire to say anything? Probably not. Well, um so I I 
I feel like I, I linked you everything that I wanted to say in that article that showed up in the Santa Fe New Mexican by oh, yeah. one Kim Shanahan. Yeah, Kim Shanahan. So, I mean, I know. New. So for uh for for uh to fill in our viewers very briefly, mm-hmm. I, I pay attention a lot to city council, but as it turned out, um around December twentieth, things that were relevant directly to my work were not going to be heard for the remainder of the year. So I was like, I'm going to go on vacation. Like, And vacation meant that I was going to shut everything off and um, apparently have a fever for a little while, you know. But, um, but really it was like, oh, let me do nothing for a few days and then the new year will start and it's going to be awesome. And then as I started getting back into the swing of things, like I realized that I had all of these like articles pinged in my in my like automatic Google notification, Google alerts, right? Which always ping whenever something, when keywords um, plugged in there show up, That's right? Cool. So it did. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, I would put something in for, uh, uh, let's see, what's that guy's name? I love Kurt Russell. I want to know what Kurt Russell's up to every time he does something. He probably doesn't do something too often, so it's the right amount of information. There you go. So, yeah, go to your Google News and set up an alert. It'll email it right to your inbox, and you can set up the settings, and I personally love it. Okay, so I have some keywords, right? Um, uh, let me make some up, right? Like Santa Fe City Council Housing Affordable Development, mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. So anything, any, or any article that has any of that combination of words where like New Mexico in particular is New Mexico and say in particular the triggers that like ding it. Right. Um, it shows up in my inbox. And so even though this particular development has nothing to do with my work in particular, because it's going up in a more posh neighborhood, right? <laughs> I'm not against development in a more posh neighborhood. I'm in favor of that. Right. Um, I'm not, happy about it exactly right like i you know but i'm also not a things have to stay the way they are uh, that's reactionary and status quo we need more housing kind of across the board and i, I think that sucks right <laughs> um but that's because like it's also being hoarded and used as a commodity anyway that's a yes. different story right and so everyone knows that's a big in, problem down here in florida and miami right and so in comes this fucking article about how Basically, there was all of this white-on-white crime at the fucking city council because this housing development is trying to go into a posh neighborhood. But it's basically, like, like more or less similarly posh houses are going in. It's just going in in a place that previously hasn't been developed, even though this owner has sat on it since, like, the 1960s or some shit. So this owner has just sat on his fucking land and now wants to do shit with it. And all the neighbors are like, well, you didn't do anything with it before. And he's like, no, I'm gonna, what do you want? You know? Yeah. There's a, there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that here too. There's a lot of blank areas on our map that would be developed if it wasn't just someone who bought the property and literally like the sixties or seventies is like, I still think I want to just figure out what I'm going to do with this. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, They'll save it uh, until, <laughs> till the will is read, essentially. 
Yeah, but apparently it got out of control. Like the mayor was having to like oh. shout people down. They were like interrupting and shout like members of the public. Apparently it was a shit show. Wow. Now let me tell you, I feel like I have legitimate complaints against our elected officials, but I have never, ever had the audacity to go in there yelling at them and being like, fuck you, madam clerk. You know, like all of that is incredible of course but of course that's i think of course the privilege you know the privilege of their social position right it's just kind of infuriating i think to see it and and on the lord's holiday it was like happening <laughs> on the lord's birthday it was happening December. It was ha it had like the like like in the middle of December, and I'm like, these people are trying to go on vacation. How? This is the time of our Lord. The Advent calendar has already been flung open three doors. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> right. It's exactly right. Um, I had. No. That may be the only time you ever hear me defend city council, so I hope they fucking appreciate. Cause... <laughs> I'll never forget it. I always think, I always think back to this. Oh. Lost my pen. I'm just looking for my stories. You know me. I like the stories. These are just I feel like all stories. my stories hey, about like I, a pen. Sir, I survived. <laughs> Underneath all these newspapers was a pen. Look at this. That's my reward for diligence in, in reporting. Yeah, right. Um, I take credit for pens. Yes, that was, that was, you get credit for that. The, the small, the small um, pause uh, made me want to look at an article. Let's see. Uh, Wall Street nailed the prophets. Nope. Or is it? Uh, no. Not that one. No. No. Hold on. We're getting there. Here we go. Uh, oh, uh, here's a little development. I have a note here. I have figured out what the names of the people who I interact with regularly at TMZ are. You can now see them. Matt and Branson. Uh, they told me that. I didn't, like, <laughs> figure this out. They just told me what their names are. Um, now, now it looks like you're Max Headroom again. That information infected your, your core data processes and... Now we're in trouble. See, so I, I should just reveal here that I am using my laptop and not just that, like, I'm using my laptop, but my usual laptop, like, I cracked the screen. It. So I have to get a replacement laptop. And so okay. right now I'm on a slightly older model backup laptop. That's okay. No, I know, but I think that's what makes me look like Max Headroom, so everyone, I'm leaning into it. Everyone at home can hear the video quality is slightly different than it usually is. <laughs> no, I'm just... It's true. It's true. No, I mean, I'm going to... Hold on. I want to try one of the virtual backgrounds, because I haven't used this computer in a long time, so... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I found a story that I wanted to talk about. about that? And I can read about Harry and Meghan in People Magazine. That's what I was looking for. Oh, no. I have to update Zoom in order to do it. Rude. How about this? I won't. No. <laughs> no. Uh, 
Movies reach peak Pinocchio with four new adaptations. <laughs> 50 remakes of the classic <laughs> tale exhaust even the most devoted fans. This is in, uh, I don't know, Wall Street Journal last week. Around 50 Pinocchio movies have been released since the classic 1940 Disney film, including No Lie, 1965's Pinocchio in Outer Space. Filmmakers' unflagging fascination with the wooden boy's tale may explain why 2022 shaped up as the year America reached peak Pinocchio. Even diehard fans suspect supply has outrun demand. Three Pinocchio projects have premiered since January, among them Walt Disney Company's Pinocchio from director Robert Zemeckis. Oh, wow. They pulled out the Zemeckis. There, okay. I feel like no one's into stories about puppets becoming real boys anymore. I think it's like a sign of society's downfall. And this is, that's P personally, if you ask me. This is uh, Pinocchio's reaction to that. You can see Pinocchio's reaction. He's very sad. He said, too many Pinocchios. I give that zero Pinocchios. Same. Yeah, no, four Pinocchio. I give it four Pinocchios. <laughs> I give the absence of four future Pinocchios a negative ten Pinocchios. That's why his nose is so long and he's crying so much. Three oh, are negative Pinocchios like Bizarro Pinocchios? Well, let me let me explain. Let me continue, and, and we'll we'll find out. Three Pinocchio projects have premiered since January, among them uh, a Pinocchio from Robert Zemeckis with Tom Hanks as Geppetto, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, this month on Netflix, that sounds cool, I love, I love Guillermo del Toro, and a fourth Pinocchio and the Water of Life, billed as a coming-of-age comedy, was pushed to summer, presumably to skirt the Pinocchio pileup. In Lies of P, a video game also set for release next year, Pinocchio battles his way through a pre-industrial hellscape. That sounds like a game from 2005. Um, his mission is Braid 2. She might as well be that game. His mission, return home to Geppetto, the carved kid's creator and surrogate father. Matt Brunet, an animation historian in Montreal, called Disney's original Pinocchio the Citizen Kane of animation. That is bold, sir, I think. Shouldn't it be like a uh, one of those Miyazaki films or something? Um... Actually, well, actually, they both won Oscars. Um, he is among the po Pinocchio aficionados braying their discontent. Sir, I'm not even reading the rest of the article if it is you um, complaining about too many Pinocchio films. Clearly, there can never be too many of anything. Podcasts, Pinocchio films, um, relatives. Pinocchio of fan fiction. But, like, wholesome fan fiction, you know, I'm not talking any of that. There's a term for, like, sexy fan fiction, is there? <laughs> I'm scared to Google the it. Term, the term for sexy fan fiction is probably, yeah, it's got to exist. It has to. Oh, well, there's there's doujin, which is, like, the, the sexy anime fan-drawn stuff. Um, oh, let me think. Well, there's shipping. I mean, that's basically what that is. Mm, Going all, mm -hmm. the way, all the way back to the days of uh, Scully and Mulder, probably before that, really. Mm. Buffy, maybe. I don't want to go that back far, that that far back into the lore. Don't. I feel like that I'm gonna be like starting to Google various iterations of 
triple X files parody porn. I'm not sure I'm ready to enter that rabbit hole where we end up reviewing the pirates parody. That one from like 2007 or whatever, <laughs> the highest, the highest grossing. Remember the stories about that thing? The highest, highest grossing porn parody of all time. Which one? It had like $3 million budget. It was like a parody of uh, pirates of the Caribbean. The first one it was called pirates. They made, they made two other sequels to it. It made tons of cash. Did you ever watch the legendary Edward Penis Hands? No, but that sounds like it's definitely no, no good. Yeah, no, I mean, I oh. never saw it either, is what I'm saying. No, but it does sound quite legendary. I did sounds... Google that just now. So, um, it, it, if you can believe it, it is uh, listed on IMDb. Does this say it's on movie? <laughs> it's like a porno. <laughs> Here is a YouTube video titled Tim Burton has seen Edward Penis Hands. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. <clears throat> YouTube has a variety of Edward Penis Hands with all of the sex edited out so you can just watch uh... Oh, just the just the, uh, the, the just just the just the the correct, yeah, just the plot <laughs> um, of Edward Penis Hands. Man, this was this was uh, this has been quite a a Google results page. <laughs> I'm I'm learning a little bit here. About sports betting. Hold on. I'll wait until. I'll wait for the next cue here. Okay. So. <laughs> Hold on. Yes, please. Hold on. Uh, okay. Hold on. Yes, I'm putting, I'm, I'm loading the clay pigeon in, so I'm racking it up. I'm pulling the thing back. Oh, it smacked me. Hold on, I have to pull it back again. All right. Hold well, on, I have to take a screenshot. Okay. I'm struggling, honestly. Oh, Lord. Do you know sometimes... Sometimes I, I feel like you know, just because we can imagine a better world doesn't mean we are just given that better world. That's all I want to say. Okay. You know? Yes. And, uh... <laughs> if nothing else, isn't that what this program is about? <laughs> That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's my problem with reality. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, never quite as good as you expect. No. Even if we have low expectations. Oh, wait, why didn't it, it didn't crop. Oh, there we go. Okay, now I promise this is worth it. <clears throat> How do you feel about... Sorry, go on. How do you feel about these uh, these Good Morning America fellows? You've been following this story? 
and keeping up with this one. Oh, about how they like they fell in love mm-hmm. while che- like but were cheating on their spouses to yes. fall in love, right? Essentially. And then and then like the network said it was okay. And then it wasn't okay, so they quit anyway or something like that. They never said it was okay. Then they said it wasn't okay. And then now they're in like some like a meta state where they're like still trying to decide what to do with them, but they're put them in like a cooling off period. I don't I mean if I was them at this like, point. Like what's the right, cooling so. off period? Like does that mean like we're gonna give you three months for you to stop being horny with each other? Like Well, also in the middle of all of this now the the TJ, the male involved, is uh, has now um, begun the process of divorce. Um, so it's like all like there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, and I think that their personal lives may be a little too busy for them to like manage a hosting a news show five days a week, five mornings a week. Hmm. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. but I do think like. I don't know. Like, I feel like, did they, it doesn't seem like they violated any HR. No, it seems like they had those decisions made for them. Although there was something where uh, supposedly the guy had had some investigation open against him, but it wasn't like, or in the past, but it it wasn't resultant in anything or something like that. And it wasn't like inappropriate contact. It was that there was another relationship just that he hadn't disclosed. Um, so. Also, did you check out, um, the thing I tweeted. Hold on. I opened my laptop. Oh, shit. Every penis hands is not available at this time. Instead, check out Stephen C. Apostles' Orgy of the Dead, which is currently showing in a movie. Mm-hmm. New Year. Oh, I thought it said New Year, New Movie. That would have been a better line at the top. So I, I feel like what that implies is that maybe <laughs> at some point it was like available on oh, totally. movie. And let everyone know at home, I will, rather, I will let everyone know at home, I can see the penis hands. So they're not shying away yeah. from letting you know this platform would carry penis hands. Just not this, mm-hmm. time. Not this time. They don't have the rights mm-hmm. to, to show you the penis hands. That's the real problem. I mean, I feel like uh, it has a whole cast and crew listing. I mean, maybe it's because it's Nick. I'm <laughs> Nikki Six. It's Sicky Nix. It's kind of neat. Gianna Fine. Directed by Paul Norman. Like it it feels like it's it's been accepted as like like a film. You know, like are okay. we gonna one day see like on the criterion challenge, is it gonna be like pick one of the early nineties Paul Norman films week thirty two or something, you know? Say that because I just started the Criterion Challenge again. I'm very oh, excited. Oh, really? This. That's cool. Um, we should time up some of those so we can talk about them. You know, like do the same one. I just messaged someone about Waffle Images that I would remember and be able to confirm for me whether or not it was real. I've been. At, I, I asked on the timeline, 
and I'm just kind of seeing what people say. I'm interested about Conan O'Brien asking Tim Burton about Edward Penis Hands. Do we have a clip? Can I pull up a clip? Yeah, it's on it's on the YouTube. It says Tim Burton has seen Edward Penis Hands and it's a uh, it, it it looks like like Conan O'Brien is gonna ask Tim Burton some hard hitting questions he's here. Around. He's directed such films as Edward, Batman, Batman Returns, Beetlejuice, and Edward Scissorhands. Starting tomorrow, you can see his latest Sleepy Hollow. Please welcome Tim Burton. <laughs> Good to see you. Man, comb your hair. <laughs> Not since my high school photo. Not since that was the last time, actually. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, just today, thinking about all the different movies you've done, and I, I don't mean this—I don't mean this in any way to be derogatory or anything. It's just that you you see your movies and they're so dark, and they have such a sort of twisted reality that I think, as a as a child, this guy must have been an outcast. Is that fair? Is that well? Uh, you know, you don't set out to be an outcast somehow society has a way of putting you in that but mm -hmm. uh you know i like to yeah I, that's I, the I, 90s I, way of saying i don't want to get into my trauma on a talk show uh, pretend that uh, you could do it with younger kids you know because you, they're more gullible um like uh pretend that there was quicksand in the uh, in the backyard or, or one time I, I convinced this other kid that they'd his parents had put too much acid in the pool mm -hmm. and I threw some clothes in the pool and said his brother had disintegrated <laughs> and he ran screaming to his mother so what a fun guy to have around the neighborhood <laughs> wow so sort of sort of this Charles Adams kid running around yeah. what's uh I mean as an adult you you you've been very successful you work with these big studio executives all the time who are dealing with lots of money how do they react to you I mean what's What's the what's the weirdest reaction you've ever gotten from a studio executive? Well, I mean, I've been lucky because I get to keep making films, so that's that's good. But um, I remember once uh, the reaction when I uh, said uh, that I wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. They didn't. <laughs> it's like when you you ever show a cat something weird where it's just like, or a deer caught in the headlights. Right, that's right. sort of what it was they like. They just stared at you for yeah, a while. Yeah, but they they. Been a, actually, I can I can sort of see that. Yeah, I think you would have been a cool Beetlejuice. Yeah, I think it might be the next uh, segment. At what point did you realize? I mean, you're you're doing these different films. At what point did you realize I've arrived? I am successful. I've made my mark. What was there a was there a defining moment there you, you realized? That makes sense. Well. I, one thing, kind of the weird things, like like uh, when they make the porno movies based on your films. <laughs> um, like what? Which Ed films? Edward, Edward Penis Hands. That was what, that was what, so they gave me that tape and I thought, wow, this is amazing. And there was like a room, there was like 20 people in the room, and by the end of the movie there was me and one other person left. <laughs> Well, what was it like? What is Edward Penis well, Hands I like? Was I, mean, be, I was excited. There would be like five penises on that, but it was only one on each. As seen in the thumbnail there. You're looking at Edward Penis Hands like, no, 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 no. We got to do this right. And they, and they squirted too. It was All weird. right. <laughs> and then they did a sequel. And then they did a sequel, which was really weird, called Edward Penis Hands 2. And on the cover of the video, he was dressed in a golfing outfit and had 
golf mitts on his hands. What? I, I have no idea. I, I never seen that. All right. Have you talked to the person? I didn't. I didn't. I oh, you met? You I met? I think I met the guy once. The director yeah. or actually director. Edward Penis Hands? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> no. uh, I'm going to change subjects quickly. Uh, All right. The, um, Thank you, Conan O'Brien. He, uh, he did a historical service there. It's true. Um, now we all know. Yeah. I mean, but I yeah, think we, we always do that. Like, we all know that Tim Burton watches pornography. Oh yeah, Tim Burton <laughs> is really into the oeuvre of of the, that director. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that was. From, can't do that again. That was from last. Pretty time. good. Peter, the Wikipedia article for uh, Peter Falk is open. We covered that already. The Columbo comparison here at Out of This World. We got that one. Closing up some tabs here. Uh, professional golfer. Yep, covered her. Covered the housewives in that episode. Math rules. We will never close that tab. What's um, the best way to download a YouTube video? Oh. <laughs> why did... Hold on. Hold on. Why? Why did I also... Feel like the world's oldest person asking that question. For everyone at home, I download the MP3s of YouTube videos every single time you ever heard a song on this podcast. So I'm the perfect person to ask. You're gonna hit Command Shift Tab on your. You're gonna open a new tab. You're gonna type in in Duck Duck Go. This is literally what I do every time. You're going to open a new tab in DuckDuckGo and you type in (laughs) best YouTube MP3 downloader and you're literally going to go to the third result and just say best. Well, for me, if you want the audio, you go to the result that says best MP3 downloader or something. That's the one you click on, the third result. Okay. Let me understand this. Hold on, I'm gonna just type so, in the link. Go to DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Huh? I'm glad you're going slowly because so we're, we're all gonna be at the same website. I'm having a hard time typing. Yes. Okay. So, and then I should type in no. best YouTube best downloader. YouTube downloader, and I'm gonna tell you best YouTube. And downloader. then, so if I have this right, you told me to not go to the first one, yeah, which no. is clearly the best one. Yes. You want me to go <laughs> the to the third one because it's called the best and it is the best in my opinion. Now that's if you want MP3s. <laughs> However, if you want a video, you can't use that one because it'll only get the, uh, the audio. So why couldn't I have been more direct and just Google third best <laughs> YouTube <laughs> Because that wouldn't get you to where you're trying to go, you see. Because <laughs> it's too confusing. So that's why we have to do this instead. Um, here, I'm gonna first one. Okay. So I'm gonna go to the third result on this page and I'm gonna click on 18 best free YouTube okay. downloaders. And this is an article from <gasps> that's January 2020. That's my third best too. Okay, perfect. Okay. Okay. And we're look at. I'm gonna tell you. Let's see. Let's see. Let's do a quick scan here. See, I've used that program there. That is the best thing to use. Is that YTD? It's a great software program for downloading YouTube videos. It is the best result. However, it costs like 30 bucks. So we're skipping that. Okay. Um, okay. Just skip that one too. Next one. Skip anything that's soft. See, I feel like I used to just have like a Mozilla extension, and I guess it's just that it's just not that simple what anymore. What happened was huh? YouTube put a lot of things in place to prevent it being easy to grab videos. 
Um, mm-hmm. here, this one I actually, is this the one that I've used lately? No. Man, they have really taken so many things from us. I'm very upset. Okay, this one will work. The one here, if I click on it, it's it's uh, amoyshare.com. Let me paste the link that I have here. Let me make sure. Let me test it for myself. YouTube. Okay. For everyone at home, this is actually how difficult it is, and we're doing the work for you, so now you'll be able to know how to download your YouTube video. It's so remember, folks. <laughs> Go to DuckDuckGo and Google. I do this five times, like, you know, several times every time I make an episode. So here we go. Let's do it. This should work. Uh, I'm trying to make a super cut of the city council meetings. Okay. So this one does work. It's amoyshare.com. A-M-O-Y-S-H-A-R-E.com. And you can just paste your link in there and it should grab it. It seems to actually be working. It throws up some ads and stuff, but eventually going to pull it down mm-hmm. these websites are always like super sketchy and filled with ads but you know what sometimes they do the job correctly so let's see oh i think it's actually downloading nope we're downloading a dmg classic see classic foible we don't want to download mm-hmm. a program or an exe file yep. that's bad mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. foiled for everyone at home see this is really what it's like here we go. Well, now I can click here. Can, will this bring me to a video? Okay, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna mm-hmm. record. I'm gonna record my computer somehow. Wow, this won't bring me to a right? video either. They've really removed the ability to like easily download videos. Um, it used to be so easy. I would do it all the time. There used to be five different websites. You know, the, all the top five results would just work. Yeah, this is crazy. Wow. Well, I'll skip that. Everyone at home. Um, how about this? It's very upsetting, but I appreciate all your, all your all your hard work. Yes. How sports betting? I can get you the audio. No, no problem. I do that every week. But the video, mm-hmm. weird. So this is um, this is how sports betting apps got this non-fan hooked. And I'm just reading a little bit of this here because I'm interested in. I've talked about this before. I think that um, sports betting is going to grow like logarithmically in the next couple of years. And I have been saying that I think that people who haven't traditionally even been sports fans are going to either a become sports fans or just become like completely addicted to like the, the actual activity itself of betting and um, in sort of an abstract way. Um, but uh, here's a little bit of anecdotal evidence from the New York Times. The flight attendant informed us there would be no Wi-Fi. This is written by Rebecca Ruiz uh, from a couple days ago. The flight attendant informed us there would be no Wi-Fi. She sounded cheery and calm. I was not. For three hours, ten minutes, it would take to reach Des Moines from New York. I would be unable to check the score in the Cleveland Guardians game against the San Diego Padres or in the Washington Nationals game against the Seattle Mariners. To be clear, I do not care about baseball. I do not have ties to those four teams or cities. But on that particular August evening, I had money riding on the games. Months after New York joined the sta- uh, yes, months after New York joined the states that allow you to wager on sports from your phone, I, a thirty-something woman uninterested in both sports and gambling, was reporting on the rise of regulated uh, sports betting in America. Much like me, citizen journalist and, and UCAP. 
I had downloaded three major betting apps to get a feel for the platforms and for their promotional bonanzas. It's a very dangerous move. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to get started on that. From, mm -mm. from a, a research can very quickly turn into more than research. I take it from me. From May to August, I spent two intense pockets of time, 10 days in all, betting. Holy shit. Okay. I did not expect to win thousands. Even more, I did not expect to find myself agitated on a plane with no internet and yearning to know what might be happening in the top of the ninth. When we hit the ground in Des Moines, as others reflexively turned to email or Instagram, I fired up FanDuel and DraftKings, and I made more than $260 while in transit. High off that success... And eager to celebrate my renewed connectivity, I promptly scrolled through the menu of live games. The Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox were playing. In what had become my trusted scientific method, I watched the odds move for a minute, then tapped on a team picking the favored Red Sox to win. Soon I found myself sitting parked in the airport rental car lot after dark, riveted by a live simulation of the game in the betting app. I cheered aloud, alone, for outs and hits. I knocked the steering wheel during the fraught pauses, like when I knew that a pitcher had pitched out, but wasn't sure what exactly had come of it. I waited till an inning concluded to begin a two-hour drive toward, Iowa, toward an Iowa casino, where table games and clanging slot machines held no temptation for me. Along the way, friends let me down by phone. The Red Sox had lost in 10 innings, eroding some of my profit that night. I was heading to the casino for a state gambling commission hearing. Interesting. I was interested in a recent string of violations. Regulators had admonished sports betting companies, including those in which I had bet. <laughs> this is really fucked up journalistic integrity, I just want to say. You cannot be like... Mm -hmm. sports gambling while you're literally reporting on sports gambling and then i don't know then you literally what read an article about how you're compromised <laughs> and then but you don't recognize that you're compromised wild anyway i'm sure the article continues to make themselves uh, sound guilty or feel guilty then they talk about uh the common uh this is current rise this person rise. wrote this for a local paper this is the new york times Oh, the, even, well, of course. The, no, this is what I've come to expect from the New York Times. They're like, hey, I'm compromised. And then they go on. To, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Check out how all these ways. Yeah. Check out that article. It goes on like that. Um, but yeah. it, is, it is interesting for me because uh, that means that even though this person is technically telling on themselves, it, the telling on themselves is the thing that I found interesting because that you, if you're going in to research something and you become addicted, that shows how powerful it is. You were going in with a skeptical mind and then you became like, I don't know. It's like going in researching QAnon and all of a sudden you're like, you're like thinking the space laser. These guys have a point. Yeah. Wow. They really are right. If you do the research. Have you all heard of the leader? Exactly. <laughs> in QDrop 479, they said this. Okay. So speaking of um, people who seek out things that agree with their worldview, mm -hmm. Um, yes. So I, I love to see it. So um, Rebecca, I just DM'd you this, and I think this is who should maybe either open or close us out today. Yes. Um, but I don't know if we've used Rebecca Black's Friday <sighs> You're in right, any of our. We have not. I think should, and so I just DM'd you a tweet that she wrote making fun of no other than one 
Andrew Tate. And so it's a clip of, I guess, Andrew Tate's music video. And she quote tweets it and says, I was 13. This man is 36 in reference to the embarrassing song, you know? Uh, let, me, um, let me take a look here. It's, it's delightful. It's very, it's, it's very poised. Wow. Um, so what's this? Can you, can you give, give me a primer on this dude? Yeah. Um, so Andrew Tate is known as a YouTuber. Um, mm. To most people, okay. I think, known as a YouTuber. Okay. And he has a channel, um, real alpha male, pua type of bitches and hoes, and I'm a player, and, oh, okay. you know, masculine mindset means you lose them and use them, and, you know, only certain women are deserving of respect, right? Those are the ones you're turning into your your light, your your wife, while you fuck all the other hoes, okay. things of that sort, alpha male type of misogyny. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like the character that Batista played in in Glass Onion. Yeah, like the streamer. Yeah, the whole okay. And so he um he is from not from the United States. He's from like Australia or New Zealand or. Europe somewhere. I don't know. He's a fucking dipshit. He's from some European country. Canada. I don't know. All I know is that he's not from the US. Okay. So like Yes, it does say we, that we don't get to claim him. Correct. Yeah. And not uh ours. not ours. And not for once. Okay. For once not ours. And uh but apparently even on his YouTube videos he has kind of bragged about um in these ways that he considers himself player and a pimp, as it were, apparently that improves actual um, pimping, which is right. what we actually call sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, 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 so okay. apparently, okay, this man has been bragging on YouTube about how his former girlfriend, like, will do this and that for him and for his friends. And just, I'm not particularly familiar because I've never seen his shit firsthand. I've only ever seen, like, commentary of it. And so he has been, um, uh, his his account on Twitter had blocked, and it was very prominently unblocked by one um, Elongus Musk. Ah, yes, <laughs> I see that here. And so his his account get blocked. He kind of makes another little splash in his little fucking you know swamp puddle or whatever, and um, get some kind of you know a newfound attention again, right? And in this newfound attention grabbing, um, 
he was actually also still on the run for alleged sex trafficking crimes in a variety of countries. I'm not, again, not really sure which one. A variety. That's... But he ran to Bulgaria or somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. Honestly, could not tell you. It says Romania. Belarus. Oh. Thank you. Okay, somewhere. Perfect. I, I, yeah, it could have been any of those, honestly, right? But it was like one of those. And because I guess he went there thinking he would be like, you know, scot-free, that these these particular countries wouldn't have a shit about him being there. And I guess that's actually incorrect. So um, I guess the Romanian authorities had been looking for him for some time. <laughs> it just happens to coincide with the fact that Elon Musk unblocks him and everyone has all of this newfound attention on him. And while he has all of this newfound attention on him, he decides to do a classic Elon Musk move, which is shitpost his way out of it. And this is when he quote tweets Greta Thun Thunberg, or a Clint justice activist and young lady, like, I have all these fancy cars and I like love to destroy the ecosystem. What about you? And she responded with, and like, there's like a picture of him with like being cool and he's like eating pizza, like with a robe and like a lion or some shit, like on a car and bitches and hoes, right? He's like, it's totally that goon pick of the guy on the bed with yeah, the like the video games like and cartridges. <laughs> and the like guitar hero guitar in the yeah. corner, you know, oh it's totally that, right. It's like the same thing, same exact vibe, same, same total energy to IMO. Right. So he's doing that. That's when Greta says to him, like, oh, you think I give a shit? Email me at small dick energy at you're a loser or something, you know, just something really like. Totally, like, I'm not even really dignifying this with a real response, right? Like, yeah. you could tell she probably, like, he, like, put thought into, like, picking the right photo to dunk on her out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I don't think that, like, I don't think she had mentioned him in the news or anything. I think he just was, like, using her as a punchline, like, check out my Bugatti. And she was just like, yeah, you want attention. I'll just call you a small dick motherfucker, basically. And, um... That prompted him to respond to her with, I think that was where the pizza pick was. And then he was arrested a day later. And so everyone made this connection between him and Greta arguing online with him being arrested. That's just like a coincidence. Yeah. Um, everyone was like, oh, the pizza box gave him away, apparently because it's got like a Romanian pizza box on it. It's your call. You can enjoy the fresh-baked quality from Domino's Pizza or take your chances with the Noid. You can have pizza made to your order or... You can count on our famous 30-minute delivery or... You can taste the quality from Domino's Pizza, so avoid the Noid. Domino's Pizza delivers. Call now. Right. But it's like, but that's kind of like saying like, oh, look, he's got a Domino's pizza box. It's like, yeah, that literally be anywhere in the country, though. Right. Like, it's like a national chain for that. Yeah. Right. Says, like, like, thank you for coming on it in Romanian. Then, Yeah. Right. Like, you know, so like they knew he was in the country, but from. 
from like what people actually know about this kind of thing is that like, well, they knew he was in the country. They they've been looking for him. The fact that they just happened to arrest him the day after is just comedy gold. Lives, you know, that's funny. Within, he lives within an eight mile radius of a pizza restaurant. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a McDonald's wrapper right behind you, Brian. Now I know where exactly where you live. It's true. I don't know how that works. Exactly. You can you can tell by looking at it and the light reflecting off of it how far away the McDonald's was and at what angle. And it's true. I can tell by the pixels. I've seen lots of shops in my time. Let's see. Yeah, that's crazy. And if uh, the the email address was smalldickenergy at getalife.com, according to Wikipedia. Mm. I like it. Yeah, that, that was pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And here's Rebecca Black's Friday. We will, well, I'll just open that in a tab here. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Saving that for later. Yeah, no, perfect. Okay. Let's see. Close this tab. So we're going back to closing some tabs I've had open. Okay. Oh, and then like, uh, and then I think the most recent Andrew Tate news. Sorry, I put a caramel. Start eating a caramel. Great job, me. I I mean, hey, I, uh, nothing's ever stopped me from sipping soda on this uh, podcast. So. All true. All true. Um. What was I going to say? <laughs> oh, the other update to Andrew Tate is that the Romanian authorities seized all of his vehicles. Oh. So all of those vehicles he was bragging about to Greta Thunberg are like... And then she, 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 I think, also followed up with another tweet or something that said something like... Should have, don't know. She like it's just like repeated dunking. She like followed up on it with like, oh, should have, you know, shut up instead or thing. You know, I don't know. I'm easy jokes around. <laughs> I love how social media has really uh, connected every uh, person, the best and worst, uh, the Greta Thunbergs and this guy, so that she could like stomp him like this, and Rebecca Black doing this. It's like this is all. This is all great that these people, um, everyone can open up their phone and, and not even have each other's phone number and be like, having this interaction is amazing. It's really like, uh, it's like, you know, you have the original Marvel comics, the original Marvel films, and then you have like, Twitter has somehow turned into the Avengers of, you know, politics and movies and, and book writers and all these other things all okay. combining to scream and yell at each other online. And honestly, I never even really thought about it until kind of just recently. It's... It's quite amazing. It really uh, makes talent agencies all make sense, too, in terms of factionalizing them. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, you wouldn't want two people within the same talent agency to be bad-mouthing each other. They keep tight control. It's fascinating. Right? You know, that is actually, you know, like... They do keep tight control. I mean, I know that we have all always been able to, like, you know, log on to Twitter and yell at people, right? But it's, like, the way, like, all of us can, like, actually send Noam Chomsky an email, right? But now you can send Noam Chomsky at least 240, 80 characters. And maybe he'll see it. Man. Yeah, I, I, like it's, it's like the, um, 
that like main character tweet, but it's like the main character extended universe. Yeah. Who? Oh, yeah. I love that. Like any uh, any public figure on Twitter, you know, cut out the ones who aren't on Twitter. And yeah, who is the cast list? Who's the who's also starring? Who's who's guest? Who's being guest starred? <laughs> I like that. No, do you remember that Simpsons episode of Brockman in Trouble and it's him looking at a picture of himself? No, yeah, I don't know this that one. one. Uh-huh. It's during Gabbo when he's like, oh, that ought to hold those little SOBs. It's me, Gabbo. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a dick because I'm a nerd. I'm going to grab a soda. <laughs> that ought to hold those SOBs. Audience at home. There could be a delightful song playing right now. Who knows? It's the Gabbo theme song. You gotta like me. You gotta love me. Cause I can do most anything. I can do the holly gully. I can imitate Vince Scully. Let's take time out from this triple play to talk about Farmer Dan's pure pork sausage. Mm-hmm. I'll give out shiny dimes. I'll travel back in time. You're gonna like him. You're gonna love him. It's a greatest show in time. That ought to hold the little SLBs. Cabo, quiet. Oh, New Mexico is trending. I'm actually gonna. Oh, you should look, actually. It's kind of, again, in the disturbing category. Let's see. We have someone with the Sunset New Mexico. That's always something you're going to see. Always pleasant, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, MLG is saying, uh, here's a photo of uh, marking anniversary of our statehood. Sunset, mm-hmm. sunset. So we might be being talked about for that, but there's a here. I'll link you this the too. Homes Maybe of, I just retweeted. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, the homes or offices of four elected Democratic officials in New Mexico have been hit by gunfire over the past month. Oh. So they it started happening at the beginning of December. Um, I believe the first shooting. Happened December 4th. They're um, either county commissioners for Bernalillo County or they're like state reps. Um, but it's like four people all together. And I believe that um, it just hit the news, basically, hmm. because it's, it's um, I feel like state police or some law enforcement agency put out a statement about it on this day. Yeah, this is, uh, wow. So here in New Mexico, as for listeners who may also not know, we're also a, kind of a weird hotbed of extremism. Yeah. Um, John Eastman is one of these folks who has been subpoenaed because he was like Trump lawyer adjacent or something. He lives here in Santa Fe. They've been protesting at his house. Like residents have just been like, get out, treasoner. It's kind of cool to see. Um, But uh, New Mexico is also one of the states that recruited like fake electors to help overthrow the results. Interesting. 
And those electors, I believe, have also been like subpoenaed to testify before, like had been subpoenaed and shit for the January 6th. So I think a lot of people were seeing these shootings as obviously not random, but also, yeah. you know, kind of tied to all that shit anyway. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little uh, out of the loop on the fake electors thing and how that works and what's happening there, what happened. I don't know all the information on that. So basically it goes like this, right? Like, so you're in the county commission or whatever. Mm. And you say, hey, yeah, we just certified our election. Here's a piece of paper up to the secretary of state's office that says that's us. Um, apparently what some of these counties did is they certified people who couldn't actually be certified as like clerks and electors. It's like, there's a whole voting process. Oh. And so like, there's like some whole thing. And so they basically got like Joe off the street to be like, Hey, will you say you're an elector and sign this document? And they were like, yeah. And so they signed that document and they were like, Oh no, we're, we're electors. And we're saying that like the election didn't go well down in, Otero County or whatever, except they, those people didn't like, they had like no standing. They weren't like real people. It was just like some guy who said, yeah, that's me. I'm the Otero County commissioner. I guess they were like hoping that people wouldn't notice or some shit. I don't know. That's probably, I mean, it had had to be. It is, it is unclear what kind of move they were trying to do. Yeah. Were they set up by someone or were they just dummies or like what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did they think it would work? Like, did they think, you know, I feel like it's like a real sovereign citizen type of situation it where they were going to be like, yeah. exactly what it sounds like. Like they were going to argue in court that as citizens or something, because whatever. These two shoes stand on any land that I seem fit and they stand on my own mm-hmm. land. And I'm here. it'll be a cold in hell before I recognize the state of Missouri. <laughs> With these two. Yeah. Feet. Yeah. They're all about putting their feet in the soil on the ground and. I'm standing mm-hmm. here, <laughs> etc. Um, yeah. Well, that's hey, we're gonna, I'm going to check to see if our, yeah. yeah. It's looking crazy. I'm going to check to see if the thing is risen. It doubled in size. Mm, I'm going to say no. I feel okay. like it's getting there. Let me look at my stack here and see if I have any other good stories coming. It's shocking to me that it's been taking this long to rise. I mean, I say shocking to me, but like I didn't know it was in for. Um, I've never worked with yeast for. This is my first time working with yeast. Yes, I've never proofed something um, on my own. Never had to do that. I feel like a dog just almost snatched something off a table. That was the, the sound effect I got. No, that was me sitting down. But no, you never know around here because there is a dog. The dog was around here. It is. It likes to take my spot in bed. Just rude. Yes, that's. I. But take it as a compliment because that means that it's warming my side (laughs) of the bed. I do like. Like the other side is cold. So. The uh, did you ever watch uh, Rockford Files, the uh, television detective show? Uh, the the main sidekick, 
played by uh, Stuart Margolin. Uh, he just passed away. I was, that's what I pulled there. Um, it's a great show. I, I used to watch a lot of uh, uh, Magnum P.I., and if you watch a lot of Magnum P.I., at some point, uh, Rockford makes his appearance, and you're going to be like, whoa, who's them? Who's them, I say? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you're going to watch Rockford Files because it has uh, six or seven um, seasons of basically the same show. It's pretty good. Highly recommend. It's just L.A. instead of it's, uh, Rockford Files, if you're not aware, is Magnum P.I., but Los Angeles uh, instead of Hawaii. So it's pretty good. And he doesn't wear a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, he wears um, uh, he always looks like a bum, basically. That's his outfit. Kind of like Columbo. Yeah, he's like a down. He's he lives with his dad in a trailer in Malibu, I guess, on someone else's property that like was is like he's just allowed to live on. It's good. It shows a lot of footage of the PCH with him driving, thinking about the case. The, is this about the <laughs> man? This is about the opera. No, what's this one? Yeah, I haven't seen any funny headlines around here. Yeah, royals, they're just like us. It's like, I don't want to read that after what I just read. Counting to December 25th with beef jerky. Uh, here's a here's a cover of the the New York Post where you have uh, Sam Bankman Freed, uh, where he's uh, subtitled as Harry Plotter, which I think is pretty good. H A I R Y Harry Plotter. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. So I don't understand this whole fight the two royals had with each other. Do you know anything about this? Yes, uh, w- William and Harry are um, currently at odds over how much they want to divulge to the public uh, con- regarding like their private life. Uh, Harry has just published a book called Spare, uh, which if you, mm. remember, if you remember your European history, every, every king always wanted an heir and a spare. And he felt himself in that role it defined his entire life, and uh, he goes into uh, the article. According to the article, I was just reading in the post, actually, which broke down all the highlights. He goes into basically everything that ever happened to him in his entire life. Seems like a pretty thick book, and it details a lot of things about his interaction with his brother. It basically, classifies his brother as like um, the one who uh, put aside everything else to like do what the family and the institution as he calls it wanted and uh kind of labels him like a sycophant you know like there to just take the benefits and turn a blind eye to everything else and not do what you know his conscience or anything should request of him but um and you know william probably doesn't appreciate that but that may be the truth so he has to live with it either way that's why they're kind of at odds i believe there may be more at play there i don't know but that's what the article I read made it sound like. But the new book that just came out called Spare, 
if you would like to know more about his life, you can know apparently mm-hmm. everything. Apparently it covers everything from him losing his virginity to any drug use or anything. I don't know. It's like a tell-all. Which I know well, that I saw that like competent. he was like bragging about like killing people in Afghanistan. Oh, I, I did not. That. I did not read about that. I did not see huh. that. Well, what wonders will never cease, right? Like, the, the, the fact that I was reading that article in the Post. Well, no, I, actually, I would say this. The Post had the biggest article on it because they write the most about the royals. So mm-hmm. where else was I even going to get any news about it? The Times? I think they put... They the, are think, a change The Times, I think, <laughs> I think in the Times, they put um, royals in, like, the entertainment news section, which is accurate. Um... It's about TikTok. Is this the one I was thinking of? TikTok. I love TikTok. Let's see. Okay, here we go. I'll read this one real quick. TikTok ads rake it in from rivals. Last month, Tiffany and company shared a sleek black and white video featuring the pop superstar Beyonce dripping in gems and surrounded by nightclub revelers. The minute-long jewelry ad was posted on Instagram, where it drew 1.6 million views. A week later, Tiffany posted a different video on TikTok, the viral short video app. That ad showed that social media personality Kate Bartlett talking directly to viewers from a bathroom and then trying on small trinkets at a Tiffany store. It had been watched more than 5.2 million times. That's a difference of around 3 million views. TikTok was once best known for viral dance videos and pop songs. But in recent years, the app, which is owned by China's ByteDance, it itself a subject of um, an article, I'm sure, has built itself into a digital advertising juggernaut, etc. However... Imagine this is a series of articles. Every publication has written an article like this. I've read multiple articles from multiple outlets saying this exact same thing. So this isn't unique to the times. I mean, I feel like no one should be surprised that ad people are always trying different ways to sell us things. And discovering new and better ways to sell us things. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like I feel like this is going to always be the case. Like, like what's that? That fucking that, like those Sumerian tablets that are like, oh, I, I'm writing this letter because you sold me shitty copper. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's like you could all see like, well, well, did he announce he had actually a better copper? Is it like I have the best like. I have copper like too. Like Joe's best here. copper. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute. The, the copper you sold me is substandard. Right. I feel like there's always been advertising or something, right? Like there's it's <laughs> probably the actual oldest profession. Let me read this little, uh, this little <coughs> line here. This year, TikTok is on track to make nearly $10 billion in ad revenue, more than double what it generated last year. According to estimates at the research company Insider Intelligence, TikTok's ad revenue this year is expected to eclipse that of rivals like Twitter and Snap, although it'd be easier to eclipse Twitter's ad revenue, I'm sure. Although its business remains small compared with Google and Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, which are obviously much larger platforms in terms of where they appear. 
TikTok is growing even as digital advertising is slumping in a global economic slowdown. The downturn has hurt Snap, Google, and Meta. And TikTok, though not immune, appears to be compounding its rivals' woes by stealing business from them. Let me go a little bit further down here. TikTok's users spend an average of about 96 minutes a day on the app. I would say that these days I spend less than that on Twitter every day. I probably spend about 45 minutes a day on Twitter. Mm. Um, although it, sometimes it's five hours, so it depends on like the day or what's going on or whatever. If you have less time spent because TikTok is taking share, uh, that's negative for your advertising business. TikTok is eating the world. The only thing that matters in the world of entertainment is time spent, said Rich Greenfield. Um, if technology analysts at Lightshed Light Partners. And it's true. Um, the, currently, the metric that matters the most if you're trying to make revenue on YouTube or any platform, but mo YouTube was the first indicator of this, isn't views. It isn't seen. It isn't even interactions. It's how many minutes the user has been watching your videos and percentage completed. So, Rich, you're really aiming for mm -hmm. percentage completed to get to your, your on a broad sense, to get your message out there. But you're also talking about uh, minute scene because as many studies have shown in recent years, uh, as the viewer out there, listener, uh, creates attachment to your product and spends more time with it over a repeated basis, they build up what you want and what network TV shows usually get out of their viewer, which is that like stickiness factor. You'll sit through okay. uh, some of the, uh, the lesser content to get to the things that you love. And that builds up a user base over time because not every episode is going to be a, a slam dunk, but you have the loyalty of your user base and they'll talk about your show and that builds your audience. And there, uh, this is the reason that YouTube wants that specifically is because they want people to feel that way about YouTube at large, not just the, you know, they get that benefit, you know, you, the YouTube content producer, get that benefit from making your content to suit that. And YouTube gets that benefit long term for expanding uh, uh, total eyes minutes on YouTube. So they encourage that. They encourage that through the algorithm incentivizing videos that are a certain length or are a certain percentage viewed to the user. And that is how the algorithm determines whether or not a video is quote unquote good or quote unquote, you know, or, well, I don't know. I'm sure they have a term for it, honestly, in the algorithm, but the stickiness is the term that they use at broad to describe um, how a user will talk about or go back and watch a video again, even. That's all very important. So, so this is what I find confusing, I guess, about all of this, right? Even, because this is happening even when Twitter is rolling out views yeah. as a as a metric yeah, of like this is how many eyeballs have seen your tweet right but like i i feel like i i know that like it doesn't that that like hate clicks drive greater engagement than other things and all that sort right but i still i still don't feel like if what i am is coca-cola that 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 those that those metrics are things that actually matter to me right like because it's still, I think, the bottom line of like, well, but what share of the soda market does Coke have in this corner of the universe, right? Like, even even if I have this like viral campaign and it's like 8 billion likes on TikTok, does that actually tra translate to people <clears throat> yeah. buying a Coca-Cola? Like, right. <clears throat> like, I can see Tiffany products 
right? And I might continue to... Thank you. I might continue to... Thank you, thank you. I might continue to aspire to even want a Tiffany product. That doesn't actually translate to my buying still a Tiffany product, right? Like I can see that Beyonce's dripping in it. I can see that this chick is like modeling it on TikTok, but I think I'm still kind of in this place where it's like, well, but I'm, I'm browsing TikTok precisely because I can't afford to just go to the mall or go to fifth Avenue or go to Rodeo drive or go to the South coast Plaza to just spend my afternoon shopping at Tiffany. Like, that is what Beyonce gets to do. That bitch don't have a real job anymore, yeah. right? Like anything she creates at this point is because she's driven to it as an artist, but that like she's got bills to pay? No. No. No, that's ridiculous, right? She doesn't have to like get up and she doesn't have to happen. Not the way that like a makeup influencer does. Yeah. They have to get up and post that fucking content. They're, yeah. they're not making it on Beyonce land, right? So like like a congratulations to that particular influencer for landing a Tiffany deal or whatever. Right. And I hope that like cute lockets and baby rattle that she got is like super worth it or whatever. Right. But we still can't afford to go get it. Like it's, it's still a look good. It feels even crazier to like, like, I don't, I like, I I'm kind of shocked even that we can still have like brand elevation at a moment when like, society and ecosystem and the economy is collapsing right yeah. like it's it doesn't make any sense to me because like everything is declining in quality unless you're actually paying for it like actually paying for it right like a pair of jeans still 20 dollars as they were like 30 years ago but that's the reason they fall apart after three washes right so but i'm still not spending three grand on a what louis vuitton belt and i would say this if it's funny that you mentioned that because with the louis vuitton belt i mean the the owner excuse me controlling the person who controls the brand louis vuitton is now i believe in competition to be the richest person in the world lvmh louis vuitton moe hennessy so uh, um i've said this before in this program i think actually but the the if um it, it that company exists in large part due to uh, stuff that we never even put our hands on. And mostly it exists in the world of promotion. That company exists as much as they need to promote their product. And they do that a lot, much like Coca-Cola. It, it, it's, it's basically like using yourself as a brand to promote other things. It creates business. And as the number one mm-hmm. advertising... as the, as the in some ways, it would be easy to understand this. Coca-Cola has such a high demand for advertisement. Every single day, someone needs to see their first Coca-Cola ad for them to continue the machine going. And so every single day, they treat like the most important day for Coca-Cola to, to do their thing. And so because of that, I'm sure they're like the number one brand that spends any money on advertisement for soda okay. or a beverage, probably. And they always have mm. been since its inception, pretty much. And they need to keep that going. Um can they but see here's the thing i don't i don't think coca-cola needs to advertise anymore uh, yeah anymore i think maybe the days of that happening are long gone really For, i mean I, I yeah i mean 
I can go to the store. It's there. It makes up like 30% of the fucking grocery aisle, no matter how much like Verner's is like two liters. There's like a Virgil's in the corner, right? There's like, um, the, and then the little fucking tiny ginger ale hidden with the alcohol, you know, like it, it's, it's Coke, Coke products, little bit of Dr. Burr, the Pepsi product, and then the generic Kroger's corn syrup. And then like, and then this tiny little niche of a fucking craft soda aisle. Yeah, they're like right? Dr. Like, like this... Brown's magic soda time. Or... Yeah, the fucking Jones and the sarsaparilla, right? But like, so like, what what choice am I really being given anyway, right? Because like, I'm going, like, that's true at the Rouse. That's true at the Sprouts. That's true. Like, I mean, Sprouts doesn't have Coke, right? But they have Zevia, which is like a Coke brand i think yeah. like or some shit like that right it's like it's still coke right Tastes like good. it's still there yeah. it's fantastic I'm, I'm not hating right i fucking love coca-cola i'd love the fucking shit right but what i'm saying like i don't i don't need the coca-cola polar bear or santa to tell me that it's delicious product Speaking right of, i didn't see that this year louis vuitton doesn't need to either but here's the thing right like Louis Vuitton me advertising more than Coca-Cola precisely because I can go into any store and get a Coca-Cola. I can't go into any store and get a Louis Vuitton. I can only go to the Louis Vuitton store. Maybe online, sure, but like still the Louis Vuitton store, right? You can't go get it at the Kohl's. You can't go get it at the Kroger's. You can go get it. And there's prestige. You have to go to their flagship. Yeah, it's there's prestige to it, right? And so that's why they also need their Swift and why they need Mikhail Gorbachev. Yeah, right. Because that's what brings people back to their attention. And everyone goes like, well, if I can't afford the $40,000 trunk bag because I'm not actually traveling across the country fleeing in exile because that's not actually what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just taking a weekend trip to the Poconos or right? like where the fuck are people going? Right? Again, going in this economy, where are people going? They're they're filling up a tote bag. This is what I did when I packed I was like for Christmas like great, I'm going to use this refrigerated bag to hold dirty clothes. Like there is no Louis Vuitton in my life. Like I, There's no like that set lifestyle. Like, I mean, mm. I'm trying to think about the. Congrats to the people private jets, but that that's coming to an end, y'all. That's that's. Yeah. Does it mean? So do you do you think? Louis Vuitton has said that the reason that their business has been expanding so quick recently is because they're experiencing an increase in gross sales. They're just seeing a huge demand and sales are higher than they've ever been. And um, on the other side, their promotion business with the alcohol and all that, they've seen like a huge increase in, you know, I don't know, promotional events and people want to getting out there and doing things. And that's been very successful for them as well. And they've had success in like moving their products and all that combined into making the company very successful and then making the dude who owns it very successful. Um, it's it's funny to me that those two businesses are so tied together, um, the fashion shows, the promotion, and all of that. Uh, it seems like it's just, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that. There's something about combining those, but um, I don't know. MGM used to be Seagram's as well. So 
Maybe it's not that unusual. I mean, I I think people want a taste of luxury, yeah. right? I don't think that's wrong exactly. It's strategic. it's strategic. I'm just trying to think about uh, all of the strategy, all the layers of the strategy that someone might see. And, and some of them, I don't know. And someone's trying to think about that. I mean, I, I just feel like the I, I've said this more in the last decade Mm-hmm. But every time I go to the mall, every time I go shopping, every time I go on Amazon, every time I go on Etsy, every time I just go to Lowe's or the Home Depot, it doesn't really matter what it is. I always kind of feel like the thing I'm looking for does exist. And it's not just because it's like, like, because it's not there, right? It is there, right? Like I went to the like I like like one of the things I like to do in my spare time is I like to sew. So I always need a really good sharp pair of scissors to cut through fabric. And the difference between a sharp pair and a not sharp pair is like the difference between like a blister on your fucking cutting hand or not, right? Like it's just I don't live in a world of discomfort. Like that's not what these hands were built for. So but scissors aren't built like that anymore. Still, scissors aren't really like unless you're good, like and now I that's when you have to go buy like a two hundred and fifty dollar pair of scissors at like some fucking fine cutler scissors still exist except now the price on them is like a little bit higher and I think when I think of like a luxury good I more think of that right like for me it's not like this bag it's not like this signifier it's this like a really good pair of scissors when I'm doing this thing that I enjoy doing again is for me i don't sew good enough to sew for anyone else i just like i'll put this patch on this jacket like that's about the extent of like my sophistication but i still need a good sharp pair of scissors and it upsets me that even for something as simple as like i'm just trying to cut a hem i'm just trying to open up this t-shirt like i'm doing fine alterations and shit i still need like a 300 pair of scissors because that's the pair of scissors that will last me my whole life and meanwhile i'm stuck with this shit at warrant because i'm like but i'm not a professional why am i spending 300 on a pair of scissors i only need 30 dollar pair right and it's like no it turns out that's not true not anymore yeah not anymore not anymore because that 30 pair of 30 dollar <laughs> pair of scissors will break by the end of that day like it just sucks and i'm just mad and i feel and then i'm mad i feel like i did something i don't know i feel like a failure or like i'm not taking care of my shit this isn't the way i was raised and then i'm like oh no they just they're not built like that anymore i don't know Companies, something like that and a company that currently still does make the bespoke scissors that are you know the night if you're going to go on wire cutter and pick like the one you're going to pay a little more money for, but get like the perfect scissors. And that's the one you're going to pick. How is that brand? I think going maybe what, they're, they're going to find the scissors. I think liker. maybe what we really need to ask ourselves here is how come Coca-Cola is still the same. Mm-hmm. Scissors aren't. Mm-hmm. And have remained the same price, right? Basically like, I mean, Coca-Cola is still affordable. Yeah. It's still like, you're still going to stick a buck in a soda machine in most places and expect a soda, I think. At least a can of soda. 
Uh, hell, even a 99-cent fountain drink at the local gas station stop. Yeah. You know, uh, like, you can find that. Like, that's still not, again, not out of reach, right? Like, yeah, it becomes $12 the moment you step into a fucking movie theater. But at the gas station, it's still like a 99-cent refill there was if a, you have the big gulp to go. There was a story. Some things don't change. Yeah, there was a story about this recently. Um, the Arizona iced tea can from its inception in like 1992 only said 99 cents, you know, on the top of the can. And it wasn't until I think last year where they finally made it like a dollar 19 or something like that. Yes. A single tear falls for the Arizona. This is, this is like that. Yeah, no, this is like that old advertisement of the indigenous man <laughs> crying. The Arizona tea company. Okay, I think it's going to be time for me to go start fucking around with my cakes. So, Brian, okay. I think Rebecca Black needs to play us out. Listen to play it right now for us so we can experience it together. How about that? Okay, I'm going to also return to I Survived a Serial Killer on Hulu. I've been really quite enjoying it. Um, it's, yeah. it's a little corny because it's I Survived a Serial Killer, right? So there's a lot of, like... I'm alive. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That sounds awful. But like, there's, most shows aren't like that. Most shows are not going. Yeah. So we found the worst, most horrible thing we've ever seen in our lives. I'm trying to think of the intro song now. Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Okay. So, and now we got to get down on Friday. Here we go. I'm ready to play. Bless you, Brian. Bless you, Kathy. I hope to see you soon and uh, continue podcasting for the rest of eternity. This was episode, you later. This was episode 33 of the podcast. Reality oh, really? Shows. It was. I think. That's the Jesus number. Oh, well, here I am with my long hair and beard to present this program together with you oh it's also new mecca's birthday january 6th is statehood day oh happy birthday to new mexico it's 100 and uh yes. and years. let's not ever talk of, yeah and let's never ever talk about arizona ever again yes it doesn't exist it's the blank spot on the map goodbye everyone bye, bye. bye
Rebecca Black. So chilling in the front in side, front side. In, the back seat. in the back seat, driving, cruising, yeah, yeah. fast lanes, switching lanes with a car by my side. Passing by, it's a school bus in front of me. Makes TikTok, TikTok, wanna scream. Uh -huh. My time is Friday, it's a weekend. Yeah. We gonna have fun. Come on, come on, y'all.
girl, you fly and ghetto. With them brand new high heels stilettos. Smell like weed and rose petals. Heard you a rock star, heavy metal. Well, I'm a pop star, let's get together. Ice your neck up, change the weather. She a high one, like a pepper. And you fly, girl, shake your feathers. You in my world. Yes, girl. And the wheels keep going. What's on my mind is what got me feeling lonely. Can't tell the time on my $30,000 Rosie. But we gon' watch it shine, you already know what's going. And the wheels keep turning. She hit my phone, but it's way too early. I swear, are you watching me? I swear, girl, you fly in ghetto. With them brand new high heel stilettos. Smell like weed and rose petals. Heard you a rock star, heavy metal. Well, I'm a pop star, let's get together. Ice your neck up, change the weather. She a high one. Like a pepper, and you fly, girl. Shake your feathers. You in my world. Mm. <laughs> Better hold your horses. Don't spill your drink on my brand new forces. We eat big meals, we do full courses. You keep talk slick, then you gon' get some coursing. Uh, yeah, we told them weapons. It go do do do, then you don't hear nothing. I'm trying to put some spread on the goddamn muffin. I got you riled up off the kissing and the touching. She like the stars on the roof. We can disappear in the wind like poof. Tough little cookie, you mug about the truth. Girl, you fly and ghetto. With them brand new high heel stilettos. Smell like weed and rose petals. Heard you a rock star, heavy metal. Well, I'm a pop star, let's get together. Ice your neck up, change the weather. She a high one, like a pepper. And you fly, girl, shake your feathers. You and my 